Welcome to episode 6 of season 3 of From Adventure to Innkeeper, a podcast for all LARPers. I'm your host, Martin, and we will be talking about live-action roleplay events and experiences. Throughout this series, we will be talking about specific LARP and also more general topics surrounding LARP. This episode, we're going to look at the Otherworld Theatre Company, and we'll be talking to their artistic director, Tiffany Keen Schaefer. Specifically, we're going to explore the Otherworld Theatre Company's relation to LARP. So the Otherworld Theatre Company is a LARP company based out of Chicago, Illinois, which is composed of both the Otherworld Theatre Company and Moonrise LARP. This group runs blockbuster-style high-immersion high-roleplay and light-combat LARP, with Chronicles of the Realm being their flagship LARP. Additionally, they run Albion's School of Sorcery LARP. They began originally through the Outer, uh, Otherworld Theatre Company running an immersive show called Gondark, and from what they learned through that, they began with the Chronicles of the Realm as their first actual LARP. As this grew, they merged the Otherworld Theatre Company and Moonrise LARP into one, and that brings us to today when we will learn more about this group from their artistic director, Tiffany Keen Schaefer. So before we step into this topic, I'd like to take a moment to thank Feedspot, which is a blogging site for including From Adventure to Innkeeper as one of their top five large podcasts in 2001. Their list is a good one, and I can recommend all the podcasts on it, with of course a major bias toward this one, which came in at number four originally and has since moved into the number two spot. Their website is blog.feedspot.com, and the top five list can be found at blog.feedspot.com dot com backslash LARP underscore podcasts. The show is for both new LARPers through to seasoned veterans, and we will be implementing a scale to let you know the main focus of the episode. Episodes air every odd numbered month, so January, March, May, July, September, November, and are approximately one to two hours in length. Every episode is for everyone, but some will focus uh, more on issues which will resonate with one group or another. As such, we have a scale to tell you the focus of the topics and the possible depths and of some of the various bogs and dungeons we might wade into. The scale for this episode will be Adventurer, as it's mainly aimed at those who play LARP. We will, however, be covering topics in this episode that relate directly to all players and game designers, so I hope that both players and game designers will find this episode useful to them. As this episode covers more... more specific topics and some of our other LARP, um, I have arranged to have some have, have a guest to help me uh, here live to discuss um, the Otherworld Theatre Company. So with me today, I have Tiffany Keen Schaefer from the Otherworld Theatre Company in Chicago. So thank you, Tiffany, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. Um, before we begin an open discussion, let me first ask you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your involvement with LARP and the Otherworld Theatre Company. Sure. So I'm the artistic director and founder of Otherworld Theatre Company. Uh, we're located in Chicago, Illinois. Um, we started in 2012 um, as college students, just fresh off uh, the graduation train and we were really specifically interested in doing performances and telling stories that were genre-based in science fiction and fantasy. So that's kind of how we blossomed. And then around uh, 2014, we kind of stumbled upon LARP by chance uh, through like an immersive theater lens. Um, 
But yeah, uh, as a founder, like it's just been like such an incredible journey. We just celebrated 10 years actually uh, this past October. Well, congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Um, so to ensure that we're all on the same page, and this is mainly for, for my listeners, um, for the purpose of this conversation, I'm just going to briefly define what we're talking about today. So we're going to be discussing the Otherworld Theater Company and Moonrise LARPs, which, if I understand correctly, are the LARP that you guys, the, the group that you run their LARP through. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's our LARP, it's Otherworld Theater's LARP division. Okay. Um, so now that hopefully our listeners are on the same page, uh, I'm going to open this up to my guest, obviously, so that we can begin to delve a little bit deeper into this aspect of LARP. Yeah. So what got you, um, and, and by you, I refer to you personally, um, mm-hmm. to start doing LARP? Sure. I mean, it's kind of the same journey, honestly, as like the theater as a whole. Um, we had done a production of Gone Dark, which we set in a, um, it, it's like a very old Gothic cathedral here in Chicago and it was a vampire hunter story and you followed the vampire hunters through this narrative going room to room kind of seeing their backstory a vampire hunter kind of has this infatuation with a vampire um and you could follow the story along room to room so it was like very immersive um it was like a great success and we kind of um, everyone like involved in that production like walked away from it kind of changed because of how immersive and how our audiences really like after the show were like um, discussing like the storylines and the morality and you know after that we kind of all got together and we're like it would be so great if you know, the audience were also participants in the story somehow. Like, what if they were the vampire hunters and then we were the vampires? Like, just kind of like talking things through. And then someone like kind of threw out, well, I think that would be a LARP. And then we were like, a LARP? Oh my goodness, I think you're right. And I had done some tabletop role playing um, growing up. Um, So I was kind of like on the periphery of what LARP was or could be um did like one campaign of vampire the masquerade and so coming to uh larp and kind of like a how do we make this like it from a theatrical immersive lens having just gone off of that show um you know started youtubing saw like uh college of wizardry was one that like i was like any video that existed of that larp i was like i gotta watch it um and then learning about some amazing larps that they were doing um in italy and uh in norway and um germany and like the different kinds of larps that were happening here bickling uh you know kind of eating all of these like salad like just as much content as i possibly could i was i was reading everything um that i could kind of get my hands on and uh was like well i would really love to do like something so immersive like college of wizardry here in the states because i can't afford to go like there's no way i can put down you know thousands of dollars to go somewhere but i could put down maybe hundreds of dollars to go somewhere and uh, you know that was like is there any castles that are local to us 
And that's how we found Stronghold Castle, which is in Oregon, Illinois. So confusing. <laughs> but um, yes, in Oregon, Illinois, there is a castle. Um, and and right when that was happening, I think that was around like 2015, 16. And Game of Thrones, like the first season was like what everyone was talking about. And we were like, okay, what? how do we like make a Game of Thrones experience um, but we also want to make it our own. We don't want it to be too Games of Thronesy that people are like taken out of it being like, oh, that's Cersei, but she just has a different name. Um, but like, how do we like create this our own universe? And that's kind of how Chronicles of the Realm started taking form, which was our first LARP we ever uh, produced. Nice. So out of all the LARP that you've done, what, what's been your favorite LARP? I don't really have a favorite LARP. I know that sounds like such a cop-out answer, but like when you, that'd be like, what's your favorite place to explore? You know, everyone hits different. I feel like every experience that I either produce or, or, or take on um, comes at like a certain point of my life or some sort of exploration that I really need to do at that time as all artists kind of go through. Um, I will say that like some of the ones that like have been like the most pivotal for me. I mean, I don't think you ever forget your first LARP like that will always have like a special place in my heart. Um, just like the first time like players coming into the castle and being like, oh my God, there's an actual castle in Illinois, but also we're all playing together and like that sense of play, just like the, the floodgates opening of possibility uh, you know, that rush, I don't think that you ever fully forget. Um, I do also really enjoy Albion School of Sorcery, which is kind of like our wizard school LARP, but it's definitely a darker take um, on, on what a wizard school can be. There are some to totalitarian themes for sure. Um, and can humans, if humans had magic, could they handle it is a huge theme in that one. Um, and that's been just really interesting for the players to kind of have to discover um, throughout the game of uh, of actually the actual responsibility that magic would would have and the implications of what magic truly would be um, is just a really fascinating discovery and conversation um, that I've really enjoyed having with players. I mean, completely honestly, if, if I had magical abilities or if I could use, you know, those magical space wizard abilities, I probably wouldn't be as nice a person as I am. You know, and I think that, um, like, power corrupts absolutely, I think, is something that that we discover a lot when we are given absolute power as a human, Um uh, which means that like rules have to be really rigid, but then who's making the rules? Like, it's just, it's such a cool, interesting way of exploring power dynamics and what power ap actually means um, uh, and how power transforms. Um, you know, either you, you really fully believe in this ideology, but then you have to force that ideology on others because it's rules. And it, but if there is no rules, then people, you know, then there's anarchy and, and people are just fending for themselves. So, you know, how do you strike that balance? 
Um, and it's something that when you're building a wizard school, or at least when I was first building this wizard school, was not something that I thought was going to kind of take over the experience in terms of themes. Um, but it just was kind of happening, like organically. Um, and it's just been such a cool exploration. And, you know, the players just chose to like really embrace like the dark mor morality choices of what magic would truly mean to humans. Um, and it's just been kind of beautiful. Like, and I think that, that, that mutual storytelling that as a game designer and your players, like obviously you should have structure and you should have, you know, story and lore for them to explore, but like what they, you never truly know what they're really going to cling on to. And that's just been kind of like a beautiful conversation that has sprung. <laughs> so I was involved in a LARP that we ran both for adults and youth um, shortly before COVID happened. And it was interesting that you mentioned that because like, again, it was sort of like a space wizard kind of LARP and all the adults went like really sort of, super good guy trying to, you know, get to the end of the plot within the rules kind of thing. But the kids went dark right away. And it was just interesting to watch that dynamic happen. How, like, the, the adults were always trying to find sort of a, a solution where they could negotiate their way out of it. And the kids were just like, Nope, I've got all these magic space wizard powers. I'm just going to use them. And <laughs> How free? How free are they? <laughs> right, exactly. And it was it was just kind of like, okay, that 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 that's going to be an interesting one to to, you know, debrief after. Yeah. Um I think I think that we have struggled a little bit with that with our players. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of who is the bad guy and who's the good guy, uh, Moonrise LARP is really a lot of our stories are exploring those shades of gray. Um, you know, there's there's usually not like, oh, these are the this is the White Walkers, right? Like they are, you know, they might have a tragic backstory, but at the end of the day, ice zombies, you can feel good when you kill one. Um, <laughs> you know, we really don't um, explore that side of high fantasy of um um you know so 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 i think that like that morality of like well why 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 are people bad and why are they in power and can can you sympathize with the villains can you understand where they're coming from um you know when they're trying to negotiate everyone you know believes in something for a very specific reason and it can be sometimes hard for them to find like the through line but but i think that that's kind of what makes our games great because it's all about these discussions and then even after the game people are like forever changed by like understanding all these different perspectives um yeah and to me that's just so powerful um, but I sometimes, you know, like lean in on the bad, like you don't always have to be like the good guy or like trying to come to the table. Like you can kind of sometimes explore through LARP, like what makes a good villain and, you know, get that catharsis out. Um, you know, understand that like, if you're a vampire and you have to kill to survive, 
what would that actually be like? And, you know, kind of be free. Um, so that's really interesting to me that like children um, who, who are already in that sense of play, go, you know, navigate, navigated towards like more quote unquote evil characters where adults who sometimes lose their sense of play, but then try to come back to it are always like, well, we have to find the right way to solve the problem. And sometimes there is no right way. Um, there's just a way and it's compromised and it's messy. Um, but that's, that's truth too. That's like an honest, I think, um, way that we kind of sometimes have to navigate our own worlds. No, and I think that's very true. And I think that, that, you know, the nice thing about LARP is that it lets us explore those kinds of situations that otherwise we wouldn't get into. Um, there's, there's a LARP that runs in Spain. They have a, they have an old, um, cowboy town that was built up because a lot of spaghetti westerns were filmed in in spain for some strange reason um and nowadays that town is used for uh, as a museum but it's also used for like large-scale larp events so they have a westworld larp that goes on there where there are three types of characters you're either a black hat which are the evil characters a white hat which are the good characters and then the hosts which are the androids that eventually go from very meek to very strong based as part of the plot um i never played it but a friend of mine did and he went in and played a black hat and he's like going into it i thought it would be the best experience of my life coming out of it i'm so mentally crushed by it <laughs> because i had to be bad the entire time there was no ability to transition interesting uh, yeah and you know i, I think it's 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 the nice thing with LARP is that you can you can grow your character even on just like a like a one or two day LARP or even just a parlor LARP, you can grow your character quite a lot. So when you're locked into a character, I think it makes it that much more bizarre because you just have no ability to sort of make those alterations. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really fascinating in like two fronts um, of, of of how they. Uh, of that structure, right? So, so one is that you have to play this. Um, you, you know, you're either you're either black, you're white, or you or you're uh, you're an android, um, and and that locking of in. Um, one, it kind of illustrates to me too that like there are many different types of LARPs, and there's many different types of way you can go about LARP. Um, and I, I I'm a strong believer that there's like you know in terms of structure all structures are kind of valid. Um, you know, uh, I think that, you know, being really stuck in a character, like, you know, as long as the expectations up front are clear and it sounds like he knew going in that he was going to be a bad person, um, um, I think is, is really strong. Uh, but two, um, you know, one of, I guess, uh, you know, there's, there, there's another side to every coin as it were. And one of the downsides, I guess, to being locked in is that like, sometimes you don't know what you want to play until you're playing and, you know, maybe him going in, he's like, I'm going to be this, I'm, I'm making assumptions, but I'm going to be this, um, this strong, uh, you know, black hat, evil character who's going to go in and rough up this town and, you know, total chaos fairy. Um, 
And maybe like through the experience, because he was making it so rough, seeing the consequences of actions, um, you know, felt afterwards, like that mental, that mental fatigue that sometimes we as, as LARPers feel. Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting that like, you know, um, the power of choice, um, whether players have it or, or they're locked in, I think it's something that as a LARP creator, you always have to kind of be aware of. So speaking a little bit about that power of choice then, um, can you tell us some of the LARP that, that other world theater both is running? I know you've mentioned some of them, but also some of the ones that you have planned coming up. Yeah. So, um, I think the, 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 the closest one to us right now is, um, so, <laughs> so one of the things that we've been trying to build for quite a while is like, how do we take this huge, like four day LARP experience and kind of blend it with immersive theater and something that's a little bit more accessible that if you're not sure about LARP, but you really, you want to try it. Um, what's something that's like a little bit more like, accessible still has safety still has consent um but you get the, that experience of immersion and storytelling and uh playing a character so um that's gonna be coming up uh you're gonna visit the town um of the of that has a tavern the way uh the wandering wyvern and it's in the world of chronicles of the realm so that's the one that like we started with. It's kind of, I guess, um, our most well-known LARP. It's a high fantasy LARP. It's the one that's very, very, very started. <laughs> it started as loosely based on Game of Thrones, but now has become something entirely in a, um, a, of its own accord. Um, but yeah, so, so that's going to be in Chicago, Illinois. It's at our space in Chicago at Otherworld Theater. And we're essentially creating a immersive tavern where you walk in and um, you're playing a character. And, uh, you know, disaster ensues, but it's about it's about 90 minutes and not a 90 minute LARP. Um, and so that's going to be coming up, uh, playing through uh, December, January, and a little bit into February. And then after that, in March, we have um, Albion School of Sorcery, which will be our third uh, campaign. That's a four-day experience in Racine, Wisconsin. And then we have our big, massive Chronicles of the Realm in July, which is going to be in Monticello, Illinois. Um at uh an estate actually owned by the university so i'm very excited for that one as well but that's kind of like yeah our year season as it were of what's coming up for moonrise and other world theater um that sounds actually quite a fairly packed upcoming season <laughs> so um so i'm assuming of course that that you know you're you're the you're the the creative director at the theater so i'm assuming you're not running this alone you've got you've got staff that help out and, and, and help run the LARP and, and things like that as well. Correct. Yeah. So, um, so I'm kind of like the, the game master as it were. Um, again, like there's many different ways to structure a LARP. Um, there's not one right way, but I'm kind of like always looking at the bigger picture. Um, I'm kind of the keeper of the lore. Um, I'm kind of the facilitator. Um, so for our, for our LARPs, we meet with our, the ones overnight 
we meet with our players at least three times before they actually come to the experience over Zoom. So um, I'm usually one meeting them, facilitating kind of their player journey. And then eight weeks before the LARP happens, it kind of has a theater model where the cast comes together. Um, so we, our NPCs, we don't have any players that are NPCs, if that makes sense. Um, we, players are players and then our NPCs are actors. And so the people who are like giving the quests, um, you know, helping build the experiences, um, those are all actor NPCs. And so it's a lot of collaborating with a cast you know, it kind of depends how big our cast is. They're usually around 15 um, individuals. And so together we're kind of creating the experience, um, creating the game mechanics. And then um, uh, we have like the big meet, which is um, all the players and NPCs over Zoom. And that's usually about an hour. Um, and we're all meeting and collaborating and kind of seeing each other face to face and talking out of character. Um, before we meet um, um, Thursday for Albion and Friday for Chronicles um, in person. So we kind of know each other. And then there's like an active discord and things like that that people can connect with as well. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's not just me. Um, I'm definitely the facilitator um, and I'm the one that makes sure that everything is canon. Um, but we also have like stage managers and actors that you know, help run the actual experience and even help build some of the quests based on like player input and uh, bios. That's that's actually a really interesting sort of setup, though, the way that you have the, the, the meetings with the players in advance. I mean, I've seen that. I've seen that in some LARP where, you know, there's an active Discord channel or there's there's an active um, Facebook group where people can sort of collaborate and help coordinate player interactions beforehand but i mean i've also seen the complete opposite where you go into a larp completely blind not knowing anyone else aside from potentially you know a character name that you've been given that you've got some some sorted backstory with for example yeah, I mean, we've tried it kind of a multiple of ways. I don't want to say that this has always been our format. Like when we started out, it was definitely that blind thing um, where we were, we had, everyone was talking to me and I made them everyone a character sheet and then shared that character sheet with everyone. And then everyone has kind of like their secret paragraph. That's like the things that you don't want anyone to know about, but everyone's going to find out about at the end of the lo through the game they're going to find out your 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 tragic backstory or how you betrayed the kingdom and all that um but so so with the pandemic i think we found out like how um amazing zoom can be in a way that i think that maybe we underestimated when we you know in the before times and so we did this online LARP called Valhalla and, you know, I met with every player once before we did that digital LARP. And it was just like, so awesome to kind of just talk through, you know, I have a lot of new players in my game. So the first uh, meeting is always just like, what is LARP? What makes Moonrise different? What are you looking to get from this experience? What are some things you can expect from the experience? And I can just talk very freely in a way that like a player's guide, you know, is just, 
it's it's not a person, right? It's not like a personable. Um, and it makes me have a connection with my player in a way that like a player's guide could never truly do. Um, you know, like look into my eyeballs and I can talk about like consent mechanics, you know? Um, so, you know, it's been really great. And then I can also like get a, get a feel for their energy and like, see where they're like, what they get, like what sparks joy for them. And they t like, one of the questions I always ask is what are some stories that really resonate for you and why? Um, whether they talk about Zelda or they talk about Dragon Age, um, what characters in that franchise they really like. It just, it, it informs me so much that when's, so when I'm building their experience for their player character, um, I could be like, well, they really like puzzles. Um, they really lit up about puzzles. So we have to make sure that we incorporate some sort of puzzle for them, you know, and every player is so different um, that when you're creating their player journey, you kind of just really want to hone in on the things that spark joy for them. Um, and, you know, some people just want to be a wallflower too. Like I have some people who are like, yeah, I LARP all the time, but I just kind of like watching and we're like, yes, you know, yes. And, you know, yes. Anding every player, um, you know, there's not really a one size that fits all, at least for a Moonrise LARP. No. And I think that's true for a lot of LARP too, though, in a sense, you've got, you know, because every player is a unique individual and every player has their own unique thing that they want to bring to it. Um, you know, I, I, so as a player, I enjoy LARP where I have some agency over my character. Um, and I mentioned that because I've played a LARP where I had, as it turned out, no agency over my character. And I walked away from the LARP thinking, you know, I'm not really certain if I'd ever LARP with this LARP company again, because this is how they set up all their LARP. And yet the venue for the LARP was so amazing that I that I'm sort of conflicted on all the feelings because... I'm never going to have a chance to go to a venue like that again, most likely for, for a LARP. And the venue was just awesome. <laughs> well, you know, again, I, I never want to say like, there's a wrong way, right? Like some people really want that agency. They really want, you know, player driven narrative, but what agency is even matter, like is different from, from player to player what that even means like what does agency mean oh 100 yeah and what does choice mean um I, you know like for me if i would you know playing a larp like that would that i don't i never want to just be given a character and be like these this is what you like this is what you don't like this is your business and like not th this is your name um you know like for me i i don't think i would i would like that as much um um and which is why Moonrise is like very, very um, player driven. But some people for Moonrise, like I have some LARPers who get very overwhelmed. There's so much choice when you start out. Right. And so like, you know, sometimes like people are like, hey, like I, I love this LARP, but like it's a little too much choice for me. Um, I need something more structured. And like, that's OK, too. Um so it really just kind of depends on what you like. And, you know, with LARP, you kind of have to do it to know what you, what, what, what resonates with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, for you, um, I'm interested to know, like, what does agency mean for you? So agency means the ability to change the outcome for my character is, is really what it means. If I decide that, 
you know, the path that my character is going down is one that that I, I don't think fits either with the character or for some reason, you know, I have a I have a mental block and can't do it. Um, I'd like to be able to change how my character eventually works works out. So, uh, you know, um, the 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 example that I'm giving it was a LARP that we played in in the Sahara Desert. And the, the thing that drove me a little bit nuts was you didn't have the option to just not do something. <laughs> um, you either had to do it or you, your character was kind of forced into doing it. And that always drives me a little bit, a, a little bit nuts because I always feel that, that, so, uh, so I'll give you a great example of, of a LARP that, isn't quite a LARP, but was still a lot of fun to do. And actually, it's it's the topic of our next episode, which is Galactic Star Cruiser. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essentially a choose-your-own-adventure, is, is how it works out when you actually get down to playing it. But the one choice that you always have is, yeah, you know what? I'm just not going to do the thing and just sit back and watch. And, I mean, I, I like to do the thing, so I'm going to go do the thing, but there were plenty of people who decided, you know what? I don't want to do that particular thing. So I'm just going to sit down and watch the story unfold. And what kind of drove me a little bit nuts with the, with the one that was in the Sahara desert was you didn't have that option. Mm-hmm. And that to me is taking away my agency as a player. Yeah. So you had to do like evil, the evil thing or the good thing. So it wasn't even a choice between two things. It was a, it was a, we're going to release all the demons into the world and everybody has to be there helping out. Okay. So it's not even like a, it's not even like a choice between A or B. It's, it's A is absolutely happening and you're there whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um, that would be, that would be really hard. (laughs) Um, uh, especially if it if it if it if you didn't know that you weren't going to have that option going in, um, like in our LARPs, usually there's there's like the big so we talk about the big choice, which is like the cli- the climax of the story and like what what where your player is going to land. Um, you know, Star. It's interesting that you mentioned Star Cruiser because I just went to the Denver Immersive Gathering and they were there. All the the, the three main creatives um, yes. from Star Cruiser were there, and so they were talking a lot about choice and like building something that like hadn't truly existed yet in a theme park Disney atmosphere. Um, uh, and one of the one of the questions that kind of came up is. Um, like first order, like if you want to be a truly evil character, um, you know, how do you build an experience for someone who wants to play evil, knowing that they're not going to truly win in the end? Um, like, how do you give them something that they can claim victory over? Um, while at the same time, like if they play truly evil, um, quote, in quotes, um, like how do you yes and that, that choice? Um, and I think that in LARP, that's like a, a big thing for us is like when you have like five different paths and it is kind of choose your own adventure in a way. Um, I don't really call ourselves um, an open world LARP. Uh, I see us more as uh, a, like a roller coaster 
uh, we build you the roller co coaster and you can go, you know, A or B, you know, on the rails, but there are rails. So like you'll have like A and B type choices um, for your character. Um, but you're always going to probably land in the same place as everyone else, right? right? You have to have that convergence at the end. Um, but that can sometimes be really difficult and tricky um, if you're playing like a truly evil character. Um, and how do you set up that expectation of like, you know, everyone in the entire LARP is going to be, you know, <laughs> against you. Um, and, you know, and maybe, maybe that's how your friend, I don't, I'm not really sure, but maybe that's how your friend felt who played the black hat in the Westworld LARP of like feeling that constant, like I have to do these atrocities um, while still moving the plot forward, but also everyone is very much against my character. Um, again, that's why the three the three meetings in the beginning help because yeah. some people are like, I really want to be an evil character. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure again? <laughs> There's no going back after the third meeting. Um, and then even then I give them some sort of out, like if you want to have a redemption arc, like this would be the act in which to, to enact it. Right. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, it's just, it's tricky, but I think that that's what kind of makes LARP kind of beautiful too, is like that, that power of choice. Do you want to even have the choice? Do you want to relinquish your choice? Um, that we all, you know, are still kind of figuring out as creators well and it's 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 interesting that you mentioned that meeting with the with the star cruiser guys because going back to the the larp i mentioned earlier with the kids um again on star cruiser it was like two of the kids that went super dark and just watching that was hysterically funny um because you know the the actors playing the characters have to interact with you to a certain extent but there are times when scenes are happening when they absolutely have to ignore like everything else going on. And you have this one kid literally yelling, the guy's stealing the thing, the guy's stealing the thing, he's right behind you. And the First Order guy just has to completely ignore that statement. <laughs> because it's not part of the way the plot plays out at the end of the day. Right. And it's like, yeah, okay, I, I, I can see how this works. It's just an interesting dynamic to see, though. Yeah, and I think that, like, as that kid, do you, like, and they, they, they were talking about this a little bit more open, openly there in Star Cruiser uh, for the panel, is that, like, sometimes, like, you, like, that not being able to yes and, it's a very fine line, um, you know, Will that kid that is pointing and saying, look behind you, look behind you, will he feel jaded from the experience if he feels like his agency, right, is then taken away in that moment because it has to end in a certain way. Um, and again, like, there's no right or wrong, like, that's why, is there a right or wrong way to kind of approach these things? I feel like there's just a way and some people it's going to resonate with and some people it won't, just like video games, right? Like, there's different types of video games. Like... I love Skyrim, but it is very open world. And I do kind of feel like I'm slightly ridiculous towards the end when I'm the master of freaking everything. <laughs> and it's like, there's so much agency that I have no agency because there's no stakes. I know that I'm going to be, you know, the Archmage of Winterhold and um, the listener of the Black of the Dark Brotherhood. And I'm also going to be 
the leader of the thieves guild. And then I'm like, wow, I have so much agency that I have no agency at all. Um, and then you have a game like, like, like Bioware, like Dragon Age, where you're going around and the choices that I made two games ago are going to come up and bite me in the butt. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, ah! Um, and for me, personally, I really like the Dragon Age model because I like having my, I love consequences. Not every player loves consequences, especially if they don't know if they're coming. Like, hey, you, you're doing this thing. You're stealing this book. Might not be a good idea. They steal the book and then there's a consequence. And then they're like, oh, I don't really want that for my player, my character. Um, which, again, is why th those three meetings really matter. Because we talk a lot about consequences and, like, really putting, like, really making sure that people understand going into a Moonrise game. That, like, if you do something, there's probably some backlash um consequences and reward you probably get a little mix of both again that that shade of gray right. you become more powerful but now you answer to the black fox um which is the villain of uh of albion um but yeah so it's a it's just tricky you know and every player is kind of different of how they want to navigate your world um i just think that my biggest thing like to any LARP creator or even immersive theater maker is like setting the expectation and making your expectations clear. Like, again, even me, like I'm not infallible. <laughs> I've definitely made mistakes, but like the clearer you are about like, this is what's like, this is what the experience is like. Um, this, these are things that matter in this kind of story. Um, you're going to build your character. Um, this is what the setup, this is what the layout of the venue is, right? Like, as long as you're giving your players all the tools, they can kind of navigate if one, this LARP is for them. Um, and two, when they're there, they can remember be like, oh, yep, I was told that if I do something, there might be consequences. So I'm not like totally surprised that now I'm cursed. Um, and in fact, if I do my job right, they'll be like, I knew this was coming and this is a really cool arc for my character that now I'm a cursed demigod, you know? <laughs> right. No. And that's, and, and, and that's very true. Um, I mean, it, it brings me back to a thought that, that, that I had for one of the, um, one of the college of wizardry LARPs that I played at where, where one of the characters was possessed. I came into the game possessed. And so there are, there are some rules in, in, in something like college of wizardry, because obviously we have, you know, vampires, werewolves, and, and all the sort of high fantasy kind of creatures, if you will. And the game is a safe space for all. So, you know, you can't, you know, there's, there's no, there's no, you know, gameplay based on, on, on race, religion, creed, et cetera, things like that, except within the universe where, you know, being cruel to werewolves is completely acceptable. And we had this one character who, because of the way that she was possessed, was always trying to help the werewolves, except mm -hmm. it always went bad. So, like, you know, let's let's create something that that will help the werewolves prevent from transforming into werewolves by injecting them with some kind of silver solution. It's like, okay, so, yeah, good on the first part there, but but really bad on the second part there. And the reason I bring it up is because it was the, the really funny part was that, that when we finally exercised her demon, mm -hmm. 
it turns out that her that, that her own character's personality was still actually even worse on the anti-werewolf side than anything else because that's the way she'd written her character and we had we had an entire like house that was nothing but werewolves and <laughs> and, and i have to give a shout out to them because they gave by far the best cuddles and had hot chocolate they invited you all to their common room for hot chocolate which they made on site which was awesome um but so you're so if uh, so so when you're planning a new LARP for for Otherworld Theater, um, what are your biggest considerations? Uh, location is the first one. Honestly, uh, I think location can make or break your LARP, <laughs> um, especially if you're doing like you know high immersive. I hate the term, but people use it "quote unquote" blockbuster LARP um, uh, when you find like a setting, um, you know, it, it just tells you so much about like, first of all, where, where this takes place in your world. So for instance, um, with Chronicles of the Realm, um, we were, you know, looking for kind of a new location because we, we love to cove in and Racine, but we had done a few games there and narratively it wasn't making a lot of sense to always do it in the same, you know, it's a high fantasy world. It doesn't make total sense to always do it in the same the same, you know, location. Um, it would it would be really cool to like make it feel like a living, breathing world that like each chapter is kind of in a different in a different area on the map. Um, so, you know, we we were toying with three different locations. Um, we had one that was like for ancient Varia, which was like um, it was an Ohio. So so we're based in the Midwest, so we travel to different Midwest locations. Um, Midwest is still huge, um, but but generally our base is going to always be in the Midwest. So Ohio, there was this um, one, like one of the oldest um, uh, colleges, um, you know, in America is actually in Ohio. And I'm like, oh, this would be really great for ancient Maria, um, which is our like mage, which is where like the mages live. So, you know, it's very old stone, really gothic looking. I'm like, that could work. Um, there was this other place um, that was kind of more like a campground that we were like, mm, this could be really good for like a ranger stronghold um, or like an old Viking town. Like, what if we did like Chronicles of the Realm, which is really high fantasy, but like set it in like almost like a like a podunk village <laughs> um and like what does that mean for like these very high flu fluent characters that have to like adapt to this very small town life um for whatever reason so we were playing with that idea and then um we had found this location um that we ended up going with was um the one that was in um monticello um which is called allerton and um we had never done a game that took place like in an actual like royal um place or like 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 a royal threshold so we're like this would be really great for the high chancellor's house and you know it's a sprawling estate it has like multiple um houses on the um on the property so like there's a sense of travel um it's in the woods uh, there are these like really great like Victorian gardens on the grounds. 
Um, and it's like really secluded and, you know, there's only about like 54 bedrooms on the property. Um, I always like to see like a contained LARP where like everything's included. So like we don't have to travel far for our rooms or our food. It's all on the same. Um, but yeah, like once I visited that and I was like, the story started to kind of come to life if I, as I was visiting all the rooms, right? Like there's a, there's a ballroom. Um, like great, like the high chancellor, I could see his chair there. Um, there's a library. I'm like, great, really great for for quests and spooping around at night um, in the library. Um, there's like a garden room where you can like see the grounds. I'm like, wow, this is very picturesque. I can see a lot of great, you know, um, photos here that our players would really enjoy. Um, so yeah, I mean, the location kind of really like starts to speak to you on the story that you want to tell. Um, uh, so, you know, that's how I kind of start now. We are like in talks right now to do like a Star Trek LARP, which would be like kind of like a Starfleet Academy, but, but more on like the diplomacy side. Um, and that one's like very much like in the vague, very, very first aspects of a LARP. Um, so like, what, what kind of story do we want to tell? Um, what would be like the structure of the LARP? Like what would be the player experience? These are like all questions that we're asking ourselves right now for the Star Trek kind of LARP. Um, and then like, what kind of location would work for this? Um, so we've been looking at like some universities that are like more tech universities um and so like implementing technology in LARP is like would be a really big theme for us that we would kind of want to um tackle with this new LARP um and like how can we also like have a relationship with the school that we're at with the tech with uh with building tech building apps that we can then integrate into that that experience which is very much different from Albion and Chronicles which is very much like hands-on high fantasy um so yeah, I mean, again, it's like there's not a cookie cut answer, but definitely in the first in the first like inklings of a LARP, those are the things that I gravitate towards. So that second one, I mean, they they, they all sound fascinating, but that that second one speaks to me very deeply. Um, being a the Star Trek yeah, one? being a sci-fi nerd, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so that one actually sounds sounds really interesting. I, I I'm going to be very happy to sort of follow that on your on your site hopefully and see how that goes and and who knows yeah we're, who knows? I I mean, sign up we're for very <laughs> very very beginning stages so no promises it may not you know another thing too sometimes the, these ideas they don't go anywhere because again you'd have to, i you'd i'd have to find the perfect location for something like right. that because if you if it doesn't feel like it's in the future um and you know it doesn't feel um some place that like you could see in a sci-fi high fantasy universe then you know it's not that it's not possible like i've definitely gone to larps that were in like jachen khan is an example where it's like we're in a room a ballroom at a hotel and we're pretending that it's uh space um and again you can make believe anything anywhere but it makes your job a little harder where as in if you walk in and you're already seeing like really like brutalist architecture um there's a huge glass pyramid that is your entrance into 
uh, into the experience, you know, it just, it does a lot of your work for you. It does. No, and that's very true. Um, you know, like, like I said, the, the LARP in the Sahara, although the, the gameplay itself was not one that I greatly enjoyed, the venue itself was so, I mean, breathtaking. It's, 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 yeah, it's really the only word I can I can think of. Um, you know, you're 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 out in the desert, and you know you see these beautiful sunrises in the morning. You look up at night, and you see nothing but stars in the sky. Um, you know, it, the, the under yeah, indescribable. I'm sure. Yeah. Just it are, it sounds awe evoking. And I'm not even there. Yeah, you know, and and the the same thing is true for things like College of Wizardry. The castle that they run it in is a castle from the the you know the 1200s. It has honest to god secret passages where mm-hmm. you know you can climb up and suddenly the door you come out of is is into the library that you weren't expecting to come into. Um, and again, you're right. I think venue is a, is is such an important part of of deciding. On, on LARP because of how much the venue becomes part of the story. Yeah. I mean, so like when we first did it, when we first did Chronicles of the Realm, we did, we, we went to a place called Stronghold. It's the castle that's in Oregon, Illinois. Uh, it was built by some oil baron that was like, I want to build a castle here um, in the 1920s. And it's like, yes, I will ship everything from overseas. And I have so much money that it doesn't even matter. Um, and there was this one room that it was a, it was a, a room of bookcases. It was in the turret. So it was like this round room. And then one of the bookcases was a secret passage. And I was like, well, that obviously is going to be a quest. Like that room is going to really matter. Right. <laughs> like we, <laughs> I'm, you know, looking at a gift horse in the mouth <laughs> like that. That was gonna be super, and like what it ended up being was a chapel, right? It was like a secret chapel, so it had all the stained glass all around the room, and you know, the the moment that players found that room, it was like just such a magical, transformative like expression on their face, and their whole body was just like, oh my god, there's a secret room. Uh, it was so great. Um, but yeah, like those moments when you have a location that has those things, like it's, it's so joyous, um, that, you know, I always look for that, 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 that spark. Um, yeah, Ellerton doesn't really have that, but what's really cool about Ellerton, I think is, is the, is the fact that all of the different houses will have like a different area and like actual different physical location. Um, so like, you know, we have the royals and the royals probably will stay. I should call them senators now. The senators will stay in the main house. Um, but, you know, the rangers, they have like their own, like, you know, in the deep in the woods, like this really awesome log cabin. Um, and, you know, so when you choose the house of ranger, you already are like being immersed in the experience because like you get to stay in like the really nice, um, like, log cabin and you're gonna be you know the cedar wood and like there's a roaring fireplace and you're in the heart of the woods um whereas like if you play um like a noble you'll be like in like this fancy almost hotel room like those very two different um places to to stay um but already you feel like your choice mattered 
right? I mean, sounds nice either way. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but, but, but no, I mean, it, it, you know, it's 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 interesting because I've been I've been to some LARP where the venue on the outside is not what you get on the inside. Um, so, uh, you know, a good example of that was Odysseus, where they used a uh, middle school in Finland. Um, I think it was a middle school. Um, but they essentially rebuilt the inside. They they built up the bridge. They built up, you know, this nifty little science lab. Um, I think the only room that they used the way that it was designed to be used was essentially the cafeteria. Yeah. But because they built all these props that essentially went into that space, the second you stepped into the space, you felt like you were on board the spaceship. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like, that's that's more like ticking for me, like, um, my immersive theater brain, right? So, like, we're going to take this this black box, and it could be anything, right? But it starts out as a black box. So, like, for um, Immersive Tavern, the one that's coming up, like, really soon in December, um, we're building, like, this old Viking town, um, Town's Tavern, right? So, it's, like, the tavern of the world. Um but like the outside obviously is going to be a theater and you're going to walk in and like there there's fantasy stuff on the wall but there's also like Star Trek and Star Wars and you know a board cube hangs from the ceiling. Nice. So um so yeah like the you know you you're, you'll be immersed in another way but like once you hit like once you walk into that black box space you are in that old viking town um in the middle of nowhere on the side of a mountain and you're going to be in this tavern for 90 minutes. Um, and it's, you know, you're going to, when you walk in, you're going to you smell pine trees and uh, you know, you'll hear a uh, owl hooting in the distance and you're going to see like the old flame torches lighting up a sign that says the wandering wyvern. Um, so like, again, like there's no right or wrong way. You could just take a empty building and it just looks like some empty building. And then you walk inside and you're like transported to a totally new world. Um, you know what? I would say that like, you're just looking for that spark of adventure. Um, if you can find that spark of adventure in someone and like make sure that they feel like they can um, explore your world, then I think that you've, you've, you've lit, you've lit up the cube. You've, you've ignited that that flame in a, in a, in an individual. No, I think that's, I think that's very true. Um, so, so we are slowly drawing to the close on our time here. So I'm going to ask you my, my standard last question that I ask to all of my guests, which is okay. assuming that it runs, what is next mm -hmm. for you with LARP? Well, um, I kind of answered this question already, <laughs> but I'll answer it again. Uh, so we have um, the immersive tavern, uh, the the way we're um, the wandering wyvern, um, which is opening in December and will probably run till February. And then in March we have Albion School of Sorcery Ostara, um, which is the third uh, chapter of Albion School of Sorcery, which is our magic school LARP that we do in Racine, Wisconsin. And then uh, New Legions um, of Lystar, which is our Chronicles of the Realm LARP, which will be in July of this year or next year, I guess. Okay. 2023. <laughs> 
So, so are, are, are you personally planning on, on like going to and playing in a LARP coming up anytime soon? Um, I am not, uh, I am, I have just come back from dig, uh, which I mentioned a little bit. So I've been going to a lot of immersive theater and, um, I guess that was like, there, there were some LARP experiences there as well. Um, which was really fascinating. Again, like going on those panels and stuff, went to Meow Wolf, which um, I highly recommend if you haven't gone, um, kind of immersive art installation, but like very transformative spaces um, and like environments. So really super great. Um, I'm hoping that I go to um, like more conventions this year is kind of like where I want to do a lot of um I guess my LARPing um, by bring, bringing my LARPs, but also experiencing other people's LARPs that I've just not really been able to in these past two years via pandemic. Um, and then like in build mode for so long, I'm really interested in kind of exploring other people's creations. Um, and also like connecting with, um, with the fellow LARP community. Well, excellent. What about you? <laughs> uh, so that's a great question. Um, we were going to be running a LARP originally in April that has now been canceled because I couldn't get enough people signing up for it. Um, it's It's gone through a little bit of development hell. It was being run by another group first. Um, they postponed it a few times due to COVID. Then it got canceled for for internal reasons on, on their end. Um, we took it over and uh, we be, we being a fan group that I run. Uh, took it over and we just couldn't get enough players to sign up. So I, I genuinely don't know what my next LARP is, to be honest. Um, but I've now got a week freed up in April, so I may move that to another LARP at another point. Uh, my wife and I have talked about going back to College of Wizardry. Um, mm -hmm. So that may wind up happening in November. Um, but I'm not 100% certain yet. Well, um, you know, I think LARP is going to go through a renaissance. So um, I encourage you and all listeners to go to go to LARP and support your local LARPs <laughs> or the ones that are abroad, um, because I think that conversations are starting to finally happen between theater makers, immersive makers and LARP makers um, with things like Dig, with things uh, like No Proscenium. Uh, which is a, another really great resource. Um, uh, there's that um, immersive experience that is pretty much a LARP. I mean, Galactic Scar Star Cruiser doesn't call itself a LARP, and it's totally a LARP. It, it is. So, it, it, that's another thing that I talked to with the... I was like, so, you didn't call it a LARP. Why didn't you call it a LARP? <laughs> Why? It's a LARP. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely is. Um, like I said, that's, that's... But yeah, no, it... So, I mean, we'll probably do one or two local things uh, this year. Um, short mm -hmm. little, like, one-day weekend things or stuff like that. Um, but I, I don't know what the next big one for me is. Um, I haven't quite figured out which the next one I'm actually taking a vacation day for is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, another thing, too, is that there, there are smaller ones, um, your local ones, and there, there are big ones. And that's kind of, like, what... I think other world right now is trying to slowly develop is how do we make LARP accessible to a lot of people who maybe can't afford the thousand dollar 
experience over the weekend, you know, that's not even including your flight or your costume, right? right? So it's probably about two to three thousand dollars. Um, you know, or having like, you know, a 90 minute experience. And if we can like somehow merge that together, um, then that would just be a beautiful thing. Making LARP more experience, like being able to experience LARP for all people, I think is, and making it accessible, um, would just be like such a great thing. So, well, I mean, so, you know, one upside, at least for costuming is that once you've done, one or two LARP within the same like genre area, you generally have costumes left over. So that that's that's also a benefit. <laughs> yeah, and then you know if you cosplay or if you have a convention, yep. you're like, I've got something to wear. I've got something to wear for Ren Fair. <laughs> yep, yep. So, I think this has been an excellent discussion, and I would love to continue this for hours, but unfortunately, our time is coming to a close. So I would like to thank Tiffany for joining us today. So thank you very much for coming and, and speaking to us. Well, thank you for having me. Um, thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of From Adventure to Innkeeper, a podcast for all LARPers. Uh, our next episode, which will be released around the 22nd of January, 2023, will be the first episode of our fourth season. And we're going to do an in-depth look at Disney's Galactic Star Cruiser as a LARP. Um, that topic's going to cover Galactic Star Cruiser, and we will talk to at least one person who's experienced it, possibly more. So again, I'd like to thank uh, our guest for joining me live on the show. Um, also, thank you to the Otherworld Theater Company for, for being able to spare you for coming and joining us. Uh, I'm your host, Martin. Thank you for listening. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Mal Books. And additionally, we'd like to thank the Lex Media for the use of their Fred Rothmel Memorial Podcast Studio. And I'd like to thank Feedspot for again including us on their top five LARP podcasts. Please check out their links on our website, adventuredinkeeper.com.